Hey, welcome to episode 79 of Tangible Takeaways. Uh, I'm Jackson, I'm here with Debbie. What are we gonna be cooking today? We are gonna be making my mom's fruit salad. I am so ready, so ready for summer, <laughs> so ready for the fruit salad vibes. It's gonna be great. We've also got some great takeaways from this weekend's message. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. I'm a big fruit salad fan. All right, you're so, not gonna be disappointed. So if somebody wants to cook along with us today, okay. what do they need on hand? So um, I love to have watermelon as the base for my fruit yes, salad. That's a um, yes. So do I, all fruit salads have a base? You know, you want like a bigger fruit that can kind of take up some of the room in there. Okay. I think to make it look more full, uh -huh, especially uh -huh. if you're gonna be making like a larger fruit salad for multiple people. Okay. Yeah. What would you use as a base if you weren't gonna use watermelon? You know, I might do like cantaloupe and honeydew, or I would keep my strawberries like whole, maybe okay. not slice them down so big yeah. or something like that. Okay. Just give a little more of a base. This is all new to me, even yes. having a base and I've just eaten fruit salad before. <laughs> okay, so watermelon's the base. Yes, so, um, so yeah, you gotta start with a really good watermelon. This watermelon here, you know, it's not really watermelon season, so I was We're taking early. a little bit of a risk, yeah getting a good watermelon, but you want to listen for one that has, you know, kind of like a hollow sound when you thump it. Oh, okay. All right, so that's what the ladies okay. are always doing at the grocery store when you see them picking up and- pat the baby's yeah, butt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then um, these little marks on here, the little scars are, what I have heard is like a bee sting and then it's responding to that. So, it, and it pulls the sweetness to that spot. Oh. So, so this one should be a pretty sweet watermelon with the, you know, the couple of scars that are here. So we got a watermelon. We have some okay. organic strawberries. Nice, very nice. And those ones smell really good. Um, I have raspberries that we're gonna use Boom. today. And blueberries. Okay. All right, so we got a berry and watermelon fruit salad. That's pretty fun. All I'm right, okay. so are we gonna get going on this? Yes, what okay. is, what's step one here if we're making this okay. fruit salad? So I'm gonna grab my cutting board real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm getting pretty excited about those strawberries. They and look, I, yeah, they smell them. Good. They smell really good. Is it all right if I stand for cutting the watermelon? That's a-okay. Okay. This does, it smells fresh oh, picked totally right good. here. Okay. So something, you know, if you're gonna have kids over when you're having watermelon, um, sometimes I'll use like half the watermelon to make for the fruit salad. That is such oh, a yeah. pro cut right there. Oh, smells good. Smells good. All right. Okay, we got a good one. So I'll use half the watermelon to put in the fruit salad, and then the other half, I will slice it into little triangles because sometimes, you know, kids want to be able to eat them, um, you know, just like with little triangles with the rinds still on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so. And what's your technique when, because I know everybody's got a, a watermelon cutting technique. Yeah, so these are the triangles that I typically would do okay. for the kids, but if I'm going to be going to make it for the fruit salad, I will just slice down like this. Okay. And then I'll go like Oh. These are really good knives, so they cut really, really well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And this one I'm, smells I'm really good. Picking up what you're putting down here. That's <laughs> that is a far simpler. You're not, you know, you're not looking to scrape every every yeah. last bit. Because these parts for a fruit salad, like you want the yeah. sweetest parts, you know, and so. Yeah, okay, so this watermelon does have a lot of seeds in it, even though it said seedless. So your kids might be protesting on that one. Looking like a lie right yeah, there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Do your kids have high preference related to seeds, no seeds? You know what, my oldest, Adeline, she doesn't really mind, but my four-year-old, 
she won't touch it unless you pick the seeds out. So I was so, convinced for a long portion of my childhood that the black seeds were the ones that would grow a lot of melanin. Yes, in your I yeah. So yeah, we have a book a about month. that. <laughs> All right, so I think this will probably be enough for the size that we're making today. Okay. So we've got we've got our base now, and yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look at those sizes there. You know, you got some chunkier sizes because this is a base. Because I know how to make a fruit salad. Yeah, you, know, you got to have a base. Fill it up, right? Okay. I don't really prefer fruit salads that have like the fruit cut really, really small. That's just my preference. Yes. Like I prefer this fruit to be a little bit bigger. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to have to be poking around in there with yes. a fork or whatever. Yeah. And so then the next size thing I would use is strawberries, right? Because I want them to. I don't want the strawberries to hide the blueberries and the raspberries. Getting progressively smaller. Yes. Yes. So I like to do halves on these. Just having these. But yeah, but you could do quarters. You know. Could do whatever you're feeling. Whatever that day. you're feeling like that day. Thanks, Jackson. I'm just trying to keep the, you know, the workspace yeah, clean. clean here. So is there a method for strawberries like you have a method for watermelon? So for berries, I always smell the container at the store. Really? But yeah, because I'm like, if you can't smell the strawberries, they're probably not going to taste very good. So that's the, that's that's the strategy, yes. take a sniff. I mean, you, <laughs> you want them to be really red. But then, yeah, I smell the container because, you know, they're always in these plastic containers with holes and you can smell how good they're going to be. So, yeah, it's really funny because my kids have grocery shopped with me long enough that they have picked up on that. So when I'm unloading groceries, sometimes my kids will sniff the strawberry bin. So this you're passing it on generationally. Yes. Okay. And you use uh, watermelon as the base because you are a huge watermelon I fan. I am a huge watermelon fan. I, during, when it's watermelon season, we will have a watermelon every week at least one and sometimes when they're cheap i will buy two wow and your whole family yes. will be able to go through that with ease it's not yes. like uh yeah there's going to be leftovers next week right we eat through that whole thing all right so i'm thinking yeah those look pretty good you know your are good red combination yes. going on here yes and then yeah the blueberries just kind of add is there any value when making a fruit salad? This is obviously, this one's feeling very patriotic. Is there any value in like, you know, you want like a marinade of the flavor somehow or like? You know, I don't know. So I like my fruit salad very fresh. Yes. I don't like when it starts to get super juicy and there's like juice pulling in the bottom. Yes. I like it really fresh. Um, I also am not really big on really sour fruit. So like okay. some people like to put, um, like green apples in there or that kind of thing. Um, I'm also not really big on like bananas or fruits that will brown really quickly, mm. right? Yeah, so yeah. I like it to be able to stay kind of fresh and crunchy. I see, I see. So do you want to try some? Yes, okay. I would love to. This is looking, this is this is actually kind of getting me in the mood for summer. All right, I know, it feels huh? Like and it's actually really nice weather out today, finally, right? The snow has melted. <laughs> Can he see that? Look at this. Look at that. that. Look at that. That's looking pretty good to me. And why do you call this your mom's fruit salad? Is it because she was kind of your introduction to yes. all things fruit salad? Yes. So my mom um, would make fruit salad all the time. I remember eating lots of fruit as a kid. Is that enough for you, Jackson? I'll, I'll start here. That's going to be good. And she even, so my mom lives around the corner from me now, and she still has this big yellow Tupperware that she would always, we call it her fruit salad bowl. Um, but my mom just always really good at picking fruit that was really sweet and 
would always make fruit salads for oh. different family events. And so, uh, yeah, something I learned from my mom. Yeah, now yeah. you're passing it on passing to your it kids. On. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm gonna try this watermelon. Yeah, I'm gonna start there. There's a good, good watermelon. I have to give my husband credit. He actually used my watermelon picking tips and he picked this watermelon out. So it works. You don't have to be Debbie to be able to pick out a Exactly. Good you just gotta have the tips. Mm hmm And I'd say for it not being watermelon season, mm -hmm. that's a pretty good watermelon. It's pretty good. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm. I was really excited about the strawberries purely because they just looked so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're living up to the hype here. All right. So Debbie, tell me this. Um, as we are like thinking about the series that we've been in, which mm -hmm. is all about food yes. and all of this kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what has been kind of standing out to you as we've looked at almost the connection between Jesus and food and the gospel yeah. of Luke? What about that just even broader connection yeah. stands out to you? So, you know, the world we live in these days, uh, status is really important, right? Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily get a seat at the table unless you have a certain, you know, title or status. And with Jesus, I mean, he had all sorts of different people mm. at the table that yeah. he was wanting to feed and invest in. And so um, that is something that's really been standing out to me. It's been really interesting each mm. week to watch the different teachers unpack um, that process and just see the value that Jesus has for mm. people and the yeah. care he has for people. Yeah. And that is so interesting, like so opposite to the way that God has designed or intended food or a meal to be right that you have to you know reach a certain status or prove right. your worth to get it right it's like it's a basic necessity that yes. everybody needs mm -hmm. and so it is so us in our sinfulness and our pride that we want to make food exclusive right when jesus you know like you're saying he does such a um, it's just so interesting the way we want to set up a meal versus the way he wants yes, to set up a meal. Exactly. Um, he even says in the uh, passage that we'll look at for this upcoming week's sermon to invite in the the poor and the crippled and the lame because they can't pay you back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's so not a way that I right. plan a meal, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, I want to have my friends over right. and I want to have people that I want to hang out with. be the best with. entertainment. Exactly. Like those are the things I'm thinking about. And that's yeah. so not what he's thinking about mm -hmm. at all in that um, yeah. process. And I think this specific meal that we see where you've got Jesus in a context with a bunch of kind of self-righteous mm -hmm. guys who yeah. kind of think they have it all together. Yeah. And then you've got this one lady who shows up and she is just broken over her sinfulness and all of that. I mean, it's such a beautiful contrast in mm -hmm. the exclusivity that these guys want to create. You right. know, we're the religious leaders right. and then here comes this sinful lady, but she's really out of, in Jesus's perspective, out of anybody there, she's really the only one who gets it. Yeah. And uh, Eric did a great job this weekend talking about how a huge crux of that is her humility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge piece to anybody following Jesus. Mm -hmm. So as I think about that word though, humility, not a big one in our culture, right? maybe kind of a Bible-y word for some of us, like we wouldn't even really know where to start with that. What would you say are some things that you have, it's obviously weird to ask questions about humility because right. to say where I've become more <laughs> humble is inherently not humble, Yeah. but how have you seen humility kind of grow and take shape yeah. in your life? So I think, um, 
for me, because you can't really chase after humility, right? As much as we all want it, right? And want to have that that characteristic. It's not something you can chase after, but something we can do is really fight our pride. Mm. You know, when you fight your pride, the result of that is more humility. And yeah. so, um, you know, for me, it's a daily, it's a daily thing of, you know, when I'm frustrated about something or, um, you know, I'm expecting things to go a certain way. I have to really keep my pride in check. You know, do I really think that my opinion is the ultimate one or things have to go the way I think? And I really just have to submit that to God and say, um, you know, help, help me to put my, put my opinion, put my needs aside for what, you know, mm. for what's best and for what you want. So yeah. fighting pride daily is, is probably would be my answer to that. Yeah. And I think so huge to even recognize our pride in the first place, mm -hmm. because so often uh, our pride goes so unchecked. Like I love mm -hmm. what you're saying. Like if we start to resist that, that's going to do well for us in seeing humility mm -hmm. grow because our pride just kind of, you know, our pride puffs us up to say, well, I'm just kind of better than everybody else. And right. so these are the things that like I it deserve. it should be going this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that can so easily become not even a conscious thought, but a subconscious mm -hmm. one. So what are some ways that you, if you're taking a lot of our spiritual life is like kind of taking that subconscious yeah. thing and fighting it. Yeah. How do you fight something that's subconscious? Conscious mm -hmm. thoughts is like, that's its own thing yeah. of like, okay, that yeah. you'll recognize when you're yeah. thinking about that. I got to yeah. stop. But when you're dealing with something that's kind of a pattern subconsciously, yeah. where do you start? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we have to trust that God's going to work that stuff out within us if we promise to seek Him and, and lay, you know, not my will, but yours, God. Yeah. And we lay that down um, because He's the only person who's going to be able to transform our mind, right? Yeah. And transform our hearts to be able to... Um, you know, start thinking of not necessarily what's best for me, but what's best for, you know, what you have and what is your will. And so um, I think there, you know, I uh, I have to remind myself, you know, Eric talked about that this weekend, like there's a God and, and you're not God, <laughs> you yeah. know? And so reminding myself of that regularly um, and just seeing myself more as just like a vessel to do His work, mm. you know? Like there's not what's the bigger picture here for my, you know, for my time on earth? What's, what does God have for me? And it's not going to necessarily be what I'm, you know, think that agenda is, right? So I've got to submit to what, what God has for me and just trust that He's going to, um, going to hopefully through different circumstances work that out in my life. Yeah. You know, humble me. <laughs> and I, and I think it's very, like one of the things that we probably don't do enough is I think it's very appropriate to say, man, I've recognized maybe a subconscious thought pattern that's not going to be beneficial. Right. So Holy Spirit, would you help me to catch that? Yeah. Like when that shows up, when I start thinking along those yeah. lines, would you not let that go unchecked anymore? Yes. Yeah. Would you bring about some sort of like a, a conviction in me yeah. that would say like, whoa, that's, yeah. I'm, I was trailing down that I've even had again. friends say like, well, that, you know, when you're bouncing that off of a good friend who yeah. you really trust to say like, no, I don't think that's totally accurate, you know, and willing to let your pride down enough to hear that from people who love you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, can be really good too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do think obviously whenever we are working to see our lives line up with scripture, that is going to attack our pride yeah. because it takes humility to submit. Um, but also I think to really even be transformed in following Jesus or, um, 
in reading his word, one of the things is, is like, you're going to have to have an accurate sense of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. all humility is like, yeah. we don't, we act like it's this, like, I got to hang my head low right. and I'm the worst yeah. and all of yeah. that. It's like, no, it's just thinking about yourself accurately. Yeah. What's an honest estimation? Yeah. Knowing our place. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because mm -hmm. the exact opposite was true of all of the other guys in the room in this story. Right. And self-righteousness is... When you look at where self-righteousness self comes from, it's so, like, obviously stupid. You mm -hmm. take you take the best parts of yourself and you stack it up against the worst parts of somebody else. Right. Like, that's self-righteousness. Right. Like, that's never yeah. going to add up. Yeah. You're always going to come out on top. Mm -hmm. And that's what those guys are dealing with. They're taking the best of themselves, stacking it up against the worst yeah. of this lady. Yeah. Humility is just to say, man, who am I actually? Mm -hmm. Like, and those guys, if they were to take an honest estimation, there's probably plenty of things that they do well. Right. There's also plenty of mm -hmm. things that they're really not good at. Mm -hmm. And so taking that honest estimation is like going to lead us to a spot time and time again yeah. of like, Jesus, I need you mm -hmm. and I need to be dependent on you. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so beautiful about this particular story is the lavishness with which right. she worships Jesus and loves him. Mm -hmm. And um, we even read that this ends up being kind of a point of contention for Judas down the line mm -hmm. of feeling like this was wasteful and things like that right. kind of pushes him over the edge right. later. But I think it's such a beautiful image of what Jesus wants mm -hmm. in our worship. So what would you say like because I think about lavishly loving God or yeah. being even emotional or passionate in our relationship with God, we can kind of get uncomfortable with that because right. we want to make it so intellectual and yeah. so kind of yeah. safe. And it feels really vulnerable to like yeah. be passionate or emotional. Mm -hmm. How could people uh, who are kind of coming away from this weekend's message, how could they see yeah. maybe growth in that area or a willingness yeah. to embrace some of that kind of lavish love towards Jesus? Yeah. Um, it can be easy for us to um, kind of compartmentalize, like, you know, this is my yeah. the, Sunday, this is when I connect with God during the church service, and kind of, comp or this is my devotion time in the morning. Um, but I think being attentive to the Holy Spirit throughout the day um, and being responsive, I don't know, like, sometimes I'll get like a push from the Spirit of like, you know what? do this for somebody mm. or, and sometimes you're like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? You want me to do that? Like, yeah, or it's like, I'm busy I'm today, busy today yeah. or that kind of thing. But I do think like, you know, I, God has wired me in a way that I do love to serve people, but sometimes it's on my terms, you know, yeah. like this is what I, you know, where I can fit it in. And I do think being responsive to the Holy Spirit, um, in the day to day, um, creates, you know, just a more, um, just that consistent connection with the Lord, you will be able to hear from Him. And I think the more that we're obedient to that, even when it feels like this is out of my comfort zone, you're asking me to do this, um, the more that He then, you know, connects with us in that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a super like um, emotive person, like <laughs> when I worship in public settings, it just isn't something I grew up doing. Um, but I do, I do like to have that time on my own at home, even if it's turning on worship music first thing when I wake up in the morning. Um, and I think that's even good for my kids to see. And, you know, so sometimes I will have worship music going on and singing and yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a great singer. Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. either. My friend Aaron and I always say, like, if I could sing, I'd probably be like, I'd be really arrogant because yeah. I would just, I would want to, you know, be, <laughs> be at the like, front of everybody. Well like, how good I sing? Yeah. So that's why, that's why God didn't give me that gift. But. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, so that's a way, you know, even though it is from, it's at home where only my family can see me, you know, that is a place that I do feel like I can, um, show some of that emotion and thankfulness to God. Yeah. So. And I think some of the, so much of the emotion and, um, the lavish loving of God, I think a lot of that happens in the quiet space that tends to be the spot mm -hmm. where that stuff yeah. happens. Mm -hmm. um, if it only happens in the public space, you're kind of getting into the zone of the Pharisees, you yeah, know, where that's it's like, true. Yeah. Where, where Jesus would point to yeah. these guys and he would yeah. say, don't be like them. They right. pray these eloquent prayers in public mm -hmm. and then they don't talk to me mm -hmm. when they're not in front of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think embracing those quiet spaces, that's such a countercultural thing for mm -hmm. us to pursue quiet and being mm -hmm. alone with the Lord because we're just everything's full everything's loud everything's mm -hmm. jam-packed I had this experience recently um, I've never slept with a sound machine before oh we um, always do yeah never never <laughs> had slept with a sound machine before we're on our fourth kid though so. yes exactly because <laughs> now baby gets introduced to my life yes. eight months ago yeah, yeah. and it was like oh we have to have a sound, sound machine, machine. <laughs> and so he was in our room for a while had the sound machine and we bought him another one because we love the sound machine so much we were like yeah. we're sticking with the sound machine and so um, first time ever traveling since then without the baby or anything. Because if the baby's coming, the sound machine's coming. Uh -huh. So my Very first time- smart, Jackson. Yeah, my first time traveling <laughs> without him uh, was to a men's retreat just a couple of months ago with my dad. And we're up in the woods and in this cabin and I'm trying to sleep. And the, the silence is deafening. Mm -hmm. It is so overwhelming <laughs> how quiet it is. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, it's so interesting because I would not have thought twice about mm -hmm. this up until eight months ago when mm -hmm. I started sleeping with mm -hmm. so much noise mm -hmm. because the noise is what actually brings me peace. Mm -hmm. I think that's the feeling that we have when we are trying to enter into quiet space with God. Mm. There's all of this noise mm -hmm. and there's all of this like overwhelmed feeling of like entering into silence mm -hmm. because noise is actually our peace right, and distraction right, is right. our peace. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like sitting vulnerably before the Lord in silence and having the faith to expect that he's going to show mm -hmm. up because if he doesn't show up and it's still noisy, we don't have to think about it too much. Right. But you know, we put ourselves in such a yeah. vulnerable position when it's quiet because what if he doesn't show up? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we have to have faith that yeah. and he he's already here mm -hmm. and I'm the one who's slowing down to recognize that he's here. That's good. So uh, I think that's a that's a step for me. Mm -hmm. I want to get more comfortable there yeah, in those quiet spaces. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I, I think just a challenge though for us as we walk away to say, how could I find some of those spaces to like lavishly love the Lord? Mm -hmm. I, I think also I need to get way more comfortable with distraction mm -hmm. and interruption. Because if I've got like, you know, I'll have my whole like tight little schedule mm -hmm. going on and I've got to stay on rails with yeah. what I got to do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like what you were saying. If I get interrupted or distracted, it's like, I'm going to say no to that opportunity because I've got plans for today. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing for our money is the same way, right? I've got plans for my money. Right. There's an opportunity to give generously, to meet a need or whatever. And it's like, ah, but I, I've already made plans. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, man, I got to get a little bit more comfortable because I think people who are going to interact with Jesus in lavish ways, it's going to be because they have that 
margin, that ability right. to And they're embrace. responding. They can hear from him. Exactly. Right? And are responding to that invitation. Yeah. yeah. And willing to lay down their plans, mm -hmm. willing to lay down their goals yeah. and say, mm, let me be interrupted. Because mm -hmm. I think that's something so beautiful about Jesus's character is how willing he was to do this, yeah. to sit yeah. over food, yeah. how willing he was to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. So uh, good goals, I think, for yeah, lots for of us sure. coming out of this. Mm -hmm. And Debbie, thank you for showing me your mom's fruit yeah, salad. Yeah, you're welcome. Big chunks. That is a that's a new goal for me in yeah. fruit salad. I'm digging. It won't get as like juicy and stuff like mm -hmm. at the bottom if you have it in the big chunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you dice it up, and it's, it's just a, a mouthful, yeah. you know, it's perfect. You gotta take some of this home to Sky. Mm -hmm. Pack it up. I will. <laughs> we never have enough left over when we've been doing this for okay. our video guy either. And We're gonna, gonna see the video guy. Yeah, he's gonna love it. So Tanner's <laughs> gonna be thrilled. Um, Hey, that's all we have for this week of Tangible Takeaways. I hope it's been a helpful conversation for you. Uh, Debbie, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend, and as always, subscribe so that you get updates about future videos as well. That's all we have for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.